Welcome to the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast, where we bring you a weekly dose of powerlifting news, tips, and training advice with a touch of 80s rock ballads. This podcast is presented by Team Roar Powerlifting, your source of the most comprehensive coaching and meet day preparation. Here are your hosts, Josh Roar and Laura Sturm. All right, welcome to episode 111. I am flying solo today. Uh, Laura's not able to make it, but uh, we're going to get to the Carolina primetime day two preview in a second, right after we get through our powerlifting situation. So today's situation is there are two meets within a one hour drive around the same time frame, but each meet director has a different reputation. Which meet do you sign up for? The first meet director, their meets start on time, but they have poor communication leading up to the meet. They typically run multiple sessions that only last three to four hours each session, and they do not have a live stream. The second meet director usually starts 10 to 15 minutes late. They usually have really good communication leading up to the meet. They typically only run one session of three to four flights, which usually takes seven to eight hours, and they usually have a live stream. This is semi a trick question, though, because I think Starting on time and good communication, I think, are the two most important things for a, a meet director and a, a good quality meet. And you're essentially choosing between those two things. Uh, the the live stream, the multiple sessions, those are all nice. Um, but I think starting on time and good communication are essentials. So there really isn't a good choice here, in my opinion. But you know it is what it is. If we had to, if I had to choose one, I would I would pick the one that starts on time and has multiple sessions. The reason this came up, there are a couple of meets that that just happened. But one thing that came up was the meet was initially supposed to be two sessions, and I just looked as as I'm talking uh, after the meet is over. I just looked at the schedule online, and as session two, starting weigh-ins at one o'clock, lifting at three. But what had happened, apparently they changed the schedule last minute and emailed the lifters that were supposed to be session two and said, we're moving everybody to session one and we're going to add a flight to make it four flights. There was only 10 lifters scheduled for second session. Five of them showed up for session one because they got the email and five did not. So they ended up coming and lifting in session two. So there was a session of only five lifters. The meet director should have probably communicated that well in advance that that change was happening, should have been updated on the website. The last minute thing can be hard because if people were planning on driving in from out of town the morning of, you know, because they're in session two and then at the last minute find out that they're weighing in at 7 a.m. now, you know, now you're you're panicked and, and probably driving in from out of town in the wee hours of the night to get a hotel. So e- either way, I think things could have been done a little better there. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, these are, these are things that, that can be improved and, and worked on. Uh, I do want to say like, I'm not poo-pooing the, these meat directors or anything like that. Like these are, they're, they're putting on great meats. Um, you know, these are just little things from a outside perspective that I think really sometimes gets lost when trying to do bigger and better things that some of the very basics get, gets left behind. And, and those are really essential for a good experience for the, for the lifters. So uh, anyway, enough en- enough of that. Um, moving on to uh, Carolina primetime, I do want to kind of go through and preview um, day two specifically because I know a lot of people have been promoting and previewing day one, which is the open raw lifters. Uh, day two is all of the 
teen, junior, and masters, and all of the equipped. So I have not heard or seen any anybody talking about that yet. So uh, uh, we're going to do that here. Um, so Sunday, they are going to have a live stream and the links for that are supposedly going to be on the carolinaprimetime.com website. So hopefully a schedule and links to those uh, live streams will be there soon. So starting off um, with the women's junior division, there's four junior lifters, Caitlin McLaurin, Audrey Myers, Hannah Bennett, and Jordan Rice. And they are all competing against each other by dots formula. Coming in, Caitlin has a 425 dots and Audrey has a 401 and Hannah has a 396. So just looking at the numbers, um, Hannah's actually got the third highest dots, but I'm actually going to predict her as the winner only for the reason that her last meet was 2021 Carolina primetime. Um, everybody else that has this dots has done a meet in 2022. So she's has gone the longest time without competing. And I, I haven't followed her training. I don't know anything, but just based on the fact that she's had a whole year out, I, I just think that she might be working up something and I'm going to actually uh, pick Hannah to win the juniors. Looking at the women's teen, uh, we got seven lifters in there and this is being scored by dots plus the age coefficient. Um, so basically you're going to take your dot score and multiply it by your age coefficient. And that allows different age teenagers to compete against each other directly. Um, so looking at the the top two dot scores coming in without the age coefficient, the highest dots was Marina Maxwell from the 2022 North Carolina state meet and Brooke Nagel with a 395 from high school nationals. Uh, but when you throw in the age coefficient in there, Brooke actually has a significant lead because she's only 16 versus Marina being 18. Um, with the age coefficient, that puts Brooke up to 447 and Marina at 424 based on their previous dot score with their age. So I think Brooke's going to walk away with that one. And the other thing to, to look at this too, Brooke actually got her dot score from high school nationals, whereas Marina did it at a local meet, uh, the North Carolina state meet. So that in itself doesn't necessarily you know mean too much, but, you know, I think there's a typically a lot higher competition level at the high school nationals or at nationals in general. I think that experience is going to do well for Brooke. And I, I see her walking away with that one. Uh, the women's equipped. This one is one I'm pretty excited about and uh, invested in. Um, Kathy Mealy against Amy Pancake. Kathy comes in with a 470.4 dots from 2021 nationals. And Amy comes in with a 444 dots from the 2022 Arnold. Now, on paper, this looks like Kathy should walk away with it. Um, I know I'm Amy's coach, and we've been working really hard, and you know we're hoping to close that distance a little bit, and you know at least make it close, and uh, see see what happens on meet day. But that's that's going to be, I think, an interesting competition. I think both lifters are probably going to be attempting American records, so something to something to watch. The women's masters, we got the top two dots coming in are Rachel Paveglio and Tracy Cook. Rachel has a 425 and Tracy has a 409 coming in. But when you figure in the age coefficient, being that Tracy's 52 and Rachel's 40, uh, Tracy actually gets a significant bump and the projected dot scores with the age adjusted is 476 for Tracy and 425 for Rachel. So I'm pretty sure Tracy's going to walk away with that one. And she also did that at nationals. So I think, you know, again, the experience level and Tracy's been around for a long time competing at a high level. So I, I see Tracy walking away with the masters. Uh, on the men's teen side, um, this one's getting a little bit congested in terms of top level competition here. We have seven teenage lifters competing 
uh, at this meet, and we got Adam Probin, Tyson Wilson, and Mitchell Jones all kind of in the ballpark of each other. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because the top two, Adam and Tyson, um, they're separated by 25 dots points, but Tyson has 460 projected and Adam has 485, and that's with the age adjusted. Um, but being that Tyson's only 15 and Adam's 19, smaller jumps for Tyson are going to make a bigger difference in the overall dot score because of his age. So I, I'm curious to see how that plays out, but I think I think it's going to be um, probably Adam one, Tyson number two, and either uh, Mitchell or Brian Bird coming in third. On the men's junior side, we got six lifters. Um, the top dots coming in was Michael Ailes uh, with a 484, followed by Dalvin Sharp at 467 and Justin Almond. All of me at 462. I think that the distance there that Michael has the 484, I don't think anybody's going to break into that and uh, and knock him off. I think he's going to walk away with it. But the the battle for second is going to be really close between Dalvin, Justin, and Nicholas. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I think less than less than eight dots points separate second and fourth projected. So we'll have a really interesting battle in the junior division for second place there. Um, the men's masters, we got five lifters coming in. The highest dots was David Babb at 453. But once you throw in the age adjusted, he's actually projected second um, to Jay Thompson, who has a 513 projected dots uh, with the age adjusted because of his age being 58 versus David being 44. So that'll be an interesting battle. I really like these age coefficients being thrown in there because one, it makes it a little bit more interesting from a coaching standpoint to do the math and do the numbers. And it's also interesting to, to really see the gamesmanship between, you know, the lifters, you know, the older lifters have a bigger age coefficient. So smaller jumps make bigger differences in the dot scores. Um, but the younger lifters are typically lifting more weight. So they get to lift, you know, deadlift last. So it just makes for a very interesting dynamic there. And it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, the men's equipped. Uh, we got two lifters there, Stephen Archer and Don Craig. Stephen has a 555 dots coming in from the 2021 North Carolina state meet. So he's been, you know, training under the radar for a little while. It looks like as well as Don Craig that was also his last meet and he had a 473 dots coming in. I think a lot of these lifters are, are trying to kind of, step on the big stage and potentially compete for a pro card or master's pro card uh, at nationals coming up in 2023. Uh, that's Carolina primetime day two preview. Hopefully I know I didn't mention every name, but we kind of wanted to touch on who we think is going to be in the metal contention and, you know, definitely spotlight some of the the teen junior masters and equip lifters that are you know, often overlooked in some of these preview shows. So good luck to everybody this weekend. Uh, I will be up there on Sunday. I'm not going to make it up there for, Saturday's lifting, but uh, if anybody's around Sunday, hopefully we get to meet and you guys all have a great meet. All right, one question we did have that came up from last week's episode, we were talking about all-time world records versus 10 national titles. And one of the comments we made, Laura made last week was all-time totals if they're from a reputable federation. So the question actually came in, what do you consider reputable? That's a, that's a great question, actually. I kind of look at it two categories. You're looking at drug drug free and non drug free. So in the drug tested world, I think number one is USA Powerlifting. They, I think, have the best run competitions. They have the deepest competition, and they also have the most transparency in terms of drug testing and most thorough drug testing program. I think it's 
hands down, far and away, USA Powerlifting number one. All right, my number two is Powerlifting America. If you're going to do, uh, you know, compete drug drug free, and you don't want to do USA Powerlifting for whatever reason, I think Powerlifting America is your your next best bet. Um, the level of competition's not there, the number of meets aren't there yet, but that is the gateway to the IPF, and I know that's a big uh, a big drawing point for a lot of people. Number three, I have USPA drug tested. Now I have them listed as as basically my last option for drug tested powerlifting. Any other organization that does drug tested powerlifting, I, I think is not worth your time. So the reason I have USPA drug tested number three is they are an organization that allows 24 hour weigh-ins and they also allow a deadlift bar and things like that. Now I'm not a fan of those things, but for lifters that are a fan of those, that is basically the only option you have um, if you still want to have quality judging. Anything else, other organizations, they're, they're not going to have you know, either the judging or whatever. Now, the reason I have their number three, the USPA, is I, I really don't believe in their drug testing program. Uh, I'll just say it point blank. They they don't test for everything that's on the water list. They don't have an out-of-meat testing program, to my knowledge. I have not found a database of people that have been drug tested, so there's lack of transparency there. Now, on the untested side, I, I think there's only really one option, and that, that is the USPA. Um, I don't think there's any other organization that doesn't drug test that has even remotely good judging standards, well-run meets, anything like that. I think they're all garbage point blank. So if you are an untested lifter, I think you lift USPA or it's not even worth your time. But again, you know, it's everybody's personal preference. That's just something that was asked uh, of, of me. So that's, that's my answer. All right. Well, hopefully uh, I didn't offend too many people there. We're going to go ahead and uh, wrap it up here. I do want to mention that Team Roar Powerlifting is offering a 15% discount for your first three months of coaching. But the kicker is you do have to find one of our lifters and get a personalized discount code from them because we don't just blanketly give discounts. You have to... Uh, get a referral from one of our lifters. Uh, they get they get a little perk and you get a little perk if you use their discount code. So if you are interested in uh, either online, virtual, or in-person coaching from Team or Powerlifting, definitely get one of those referral codes from one of our lifters and uh, get signed up. But other than that, uh, we're going to cut it short today. Definitely thank you guys for tuning in. We will catch you all next week. Later. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast, please remember to subscribe and share it with your friends.